Welcome to the How to Not Execute Your Strategy podcast. I'm your host, Tim Ohai. This series is dedicated to the biggest lessons learned from the people who own strategic execution, the senior leaders who live in the center of it. My guest today is Lisa Love. Lisa is the co-founder and co-CEO of Tanoshi. Tanoshi provides innovative computers to prepare all kids for a digital future, no matter their socioeconomic background. And you might even remember them from the time they were on Shark Tank in 2020 and successfully got an offer. Lisa comes with a host of accolades from being named to the 100 Powerful Women of 2020 by Entrepreneur Magazine to making the Forbes Next 1000 list. And in 2022, Lisa was named one of the 20 most inspiring entrepreneurs by Inc. Magazine. Listen now as we talk about the constant stress of being a startup and what it takes to adjust your execution to navigate it all. Let's get to it. Lisa, I'm so glad to be talking to you today. Uh, this podcast is going to be absolutely not only fun, but I have a feeling very interesting. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. Definitely. I'm glad, you know, you invited me and I'm glad to be here. Cool. Um, so so we're going to dive right in. But before we go into our, our, our first of two questions, I want to ask, uh, just give give the audience a little bit of a background on, on your company and kind of what it's doing now. Yeah, so... Our company is called Tenoshi, and we, um, our whole mission, we're a mission-based company, and our whole mission is to prepare all kids for this digital future, um, especially targeting underserved and underrepresented communities. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so we believe every child should have the basic educational tools to succeed in life um, and, and in school, right? So that's where it all starts. Um, and so we believe like even a computer, which is what we launched first back in 2018. So we said, hey, you know, every child needs a computer, not just the affluent, you know, and a, a computer that they can work and learn from home. Um, it's I'm old, so I'm going to kind of date myself. But <laughs> to me, it's just like, you know, back in the day when we had textbooks, if you didn't have a textbook then, you know, you're going to be so far behind in school if you didn't mm. have a textbook. Well, that's that's what it is today with computers. If you don't have a computer, you're just going to get so far behind. And so we believe every child should have at least, you know, the basic um, educational tools such as a computer. That's awesome. And you're a co-CEO of Tenoshi. And I mean, I was literally at the, I think I texted you. I was at the gym and I'm, you know, <laughs> doing my cardio and there's Shark Tank on the running reruns. And I see I you, <laughs> I see you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm, oh, I remember this. this is so, so you've got, we'll get into the Shark Tank story in a minute and all that. But um, there's, for those who are listening, you get ready. This is going to be an interesting story. So let's start with the story. Cause that's, I really think the most important part. So the question I have for you and I give all the guests is, Tell me about a time where you had a strategy that you had to execute and it didn't go as planned. What happened? Yeah. So, you know, of course, I'm I'm working at a startup, right? And there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things that you have to figure out. Um, I'll just say one thing that your team is critical mm. um, for, for execution. Um, but so a strategy that we had, which I don't know, I wouldn't say it was a failure per se. Like, I think that's a harsh term. Mm. I think um, it worked for the time being, but now um, we definitely have to pivot. But the strategy that I'm talking about is our sales strategy. 
and hmm. um, specifically our our channel distribution strategy. So my background is um, I worked for uh, a major wine uh, online retailer for eleven years, and I built their Amazon business. So I took that skill set and I um, basically built our Amazon business. Mm. Um, and you know, two years. Well, so we've we launched in 2018. So we've been on the market for uh, almost five years actually now. And the first two years since I have that Amazon background and that skill set, we're like, okay, that's kind of a no brainer. Let's, let's, um, let's really focus on Amazon and not just Amazon, but marketplaces in, in general to sell our product. And so, um, so like I said, I mean, that worked during that time, (laughs) you know, pre COVID, pre all this other stuff, pre economy, pre recession. Um, and so, you know, the marketplace was great for us. And that's actually how we got, well, one of the, I think, ways that we got noticed um, by Shark Tank. Um, and so, you know, the first two years selling on Amazon, selling in marketplaces, that was, um, it worked for us. We built a lot of traction. We gained a lot of momentum. We, we gained a lot of awareness. But now it's a whole different story. So, you know, before, of course, our our strategy was, hey, let's get into all these marketplaces, especially Mm. Amazon. Now it's like, okay, let's take a step back and really figure out, okay, even though, even right now, Amazon is our number one selling channel, but it's just, it's, it's a whole different ball game right now. And it's just very, very challenging. Um, we don't have control and it's really, really scary for, you know, this big gorilla like Amazon, um, to have so much control over our sales. So is that, let me just clarify here because this, I think this is critical. So what you're talking about is you had a path and the path got disrupted by outside forces. It wasn't you like, you know what, we need to make a change, whatever. It was literally disruption came from outside and you had to respond to that. And that's been hard. Exactly. So So, yeah, I mean, like like the p- pandemic, um, the economy, the cons- the whole consumer, the D2C, direct-to-consumer market right now is has really flattened out. Um, the whole supply chain, you know, stuff that we have no control over, just, um, just really, 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 uh, we've been through a lot of challenges. And so as so, you go through those challenges, are is that something that you as a leadership team then figure out and it's and and you just implement yourselves? Do you hand it off to other people to go implement? How do how do you get it from aha moment to getting stuff done? Yeah. So that's the beauty of a startup. Our leadership team is me and my um colleague. So yeah. my my other co-founder. We're the leadership team. And then we have, I mean, it's a very, very lean team. Yep. Um, and then we have, you know, folks, contractors, a few contractors, part-time folks that work with us. But yeah, I mean, Brad, who's the other co-founder, and I make all the decisions. So, you know, we're we're in it. We're in the thick of it. So we see what's what's going on as far as you know numbers and even with with um, our customers. You know, we're hearing directly from them what's going on, what they want, what what ticks them, what pisses them off, what makes them happy. So we're right there with them as opposed to like a big corporation where you're like- Multiple layers. So many different layers, five levels down and you don't really, you're not really hearing 
what's going on directly from from the people that are buying your product. So does that um, make it harder than to execute? Because you have so much clarity that it's hard to, as I say, as a great leader, you should be able to turn your back and know that stuff is still getting done. Or do you feel like you have to keep your hands in everything to make sure it's getting done? Yeah. I mean, that is, that is very challenging. Um, you do have to keep your hands in almost everything. And that's why, I mean, you know, it's, it's divide and conquer. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, like I said, I mean, we've got some people working with us, but, um, both, both Brad and I are very hands-on. We definitely delegate when we can, but, um, but, you know, I mean, as a startup, you know, you've got to think of, of the funds, you've got to think of, you've, you've got to think of a lot of stuff. So um, we are in the thick of it. We are very hands-on doing stuff ourselves. Um, and it's, it's definitely a mindset. Right. And then, and then are you teaching people how to execute strategy or are you just trying to hire that talent? Or are you just trying to like break it down as simple as possible and just say, go do this checklist? How's your approach to helping people do what needs to be done in the way that you want it done? It depends on their skill set. Um, thankfully, we've had like even customer service. So we've had people working with us in customer service on a part-time basis since mm -hmm. like we launched. So they kind of, they're familiar with the processes. So we can kind of like let them handle things. Um, it, yeah, it, it depends on, on their skill set and I guess, you know, who we hire and how seasoned they are. Um, you know, I've been working with my graphic designer for a while. I can basically just, you know, give her a spreadsheet or, and tell her, hey, do this. Um, and then she can go do it. I mean, and that's just from working with her for over a year now. So it just mm. it really just all depends. Um, I think it's going to depend on, you know, your talent and and your funds, right? Mm. Especially with the startup. So how much can you pay someone? I mean, can you pay for a more seasoned, you know, person? Um, or are you going to have to, you know, kind of not pay as much, but then no know mentally that you're going to have to like take some responsibility on. That's amazing. Um, it makes me, I, I want to kind of pull in a little bit of the shark tank experience because that's also an outside force. I'm sure once you got connected to the sharks and it was Damon John who jumped in most or who was, who did you work with the most um, from that experience? And, and just give me that answer. And I've got a part two follow-up. Yeah, so I can't talk up too much about the Shark Tank experience or get into the the, the details details, but yes, mm -hmm. Damon John is who we received an offer from, um, and yeah, I mean that was <laughs> we we never went through with a deal, oh, um, because it just it wasn't in our best interest ultimately, and it wasn't in his best interest ultimately. So okay. that's kind of how that that sort of played out, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Shark Tank was definitely a great experience. It definitely gave us the exposure. Oh, massive I mean, exposure. Was, that was in, that was in 2020 in May of 2020. So, wow. Um, wow. so yeah, so that basically put us on the board. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So I'm going to pivot because the question I was going to ask is, did you get any advice on how to execute your strategy from anyone? Or did you guys have to just figure it out yourself? 
You mean from from the sharks? From, from sharks demons? or even other mentors or other advisors? Was that something yeah. that you got help from and how to execute? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and that's another thing with startups. You know, it's it's great to have um, a, an advisory team. So we do have advisors. We actually have great advisors. Mm. Um, and then even Brad, uh, again, the other co-founder, he has um, a consumer electronics background. I mean, he was a consultant for major consumer electronics companies. He worked yeah. for Toshiba and Vizio for like decades. So he definitely has that background. And so, you know, I came in with the marketing background. Um, so that's my sort of cup of tea. Yeah. Um, and his is more product development. So, you know, we definitely complement each other. So, so if you were going back and doing it all over again, what would you do differently, if anything? Or is that all just part of the journey? You know, it is, I think... I would do the same thing. I get that, I get that question, question asked a lot. I mean, Amazon is one of those, um, like I said, those, it's a big gorilla, um, but everyone shops there, right? And ultimately you need to be where everyone shops. You need to be where your customers are, right? That's, that's really marketing. I mean, you've gotta, you've gotta be where your customers are shopping. And so and that's Amazon. And mm. so, um, you know, like I said, I, I would not do it differently. Um, I would just always have in the back of my mind that, you know what, this is going to end at some point, or this is going to have to, you know, we're going to have to pivot at some point. Um, and so, so that's kind of the thinking going into it. I think, um, know that, you know, if you start off with Amazon, which I think I, I mean, I almost recommend anyone with a product, um, they should be on Amazon, especially starting off because that's where you're going to gain a lot of awareness. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that's my whole thinking. <laughs> cool. So let's, let's shift over to question number two. And, and these are, these are the skills, uh, maybe even the mindset that you think everyone needs to have in order to be great at executing. Um, what are your, what are your big lessons? What are your big advisements? Yeah. So, you know, as far as skill sets, I mean, all the, the leadership skill sets, right. Communication, um, is, is crucial. Uh, you know, if you're not communicating with your team, then that just gets really frustrating for everyone. So what are the complaints you get? I, I mean, cause everybody says communication, but let's get tactical. Cause is it, do people say, I didn't understand? Do they say you weren't clear? What, or, or, or what, what are the things that you hear that you have to navigate in order to communicate clearly? If you're doing something, <laughs> if you're going to be, you know, um, I don't know, uh, you know, doing something with, with the product, say like Brad is doing something specifically with the product, he's going to change something on the product, mm -hmm. right. About the product. Um, he needs to communicate that to me because, or if he thinks, since he's a product guy, if he thinks that, um, you know, there's a, there's a certain benefit mm. or a certain feature that really needs to be communicated, he needs to communicate that to me so I can communicate it out to the public. So you know it's about I mean? information flow. It's got to be able to not just stay in one little stack or silo. It's got to be cross-functional. It's got to be so everybody knows. And it sounds like, before action is actually going. So it almost like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm letting you know, 
Do you then communicate right. back to him if you agree or disagree? And you have that, do you have that? Is that part of it or is it less? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. We have a conversation, we'll have a conversation about it. You know, if he's doing something that I don't know that's going to be very important and that's going to impact what I'm doing, then yes, he needs to communicate that to me. We'll have a conversation. He's, and that's the thing. He's just, he's like, hey, Lisa, what do you think about this? Um, should we do this? You know, kind of thing. That's how he approaches things with me. Cool. And so it's, it's, it's a great, um, it's a great relationship. And then in terms of communication, um, do you have to, is it more like verbal and letting people know? Do you have to publish it in a way that people can see it and go back to it? How do you do that? So we use, um, you know, a, a tool called Basecamp. Um, uh -huh. There's so many, it. you know, those collaboration, yeah. team collaboration tools. Um, we use Basecamp. I mean, would I recommend it? Eh, maybe starting off. Um, there's some things that, you know, we don't like about it, but, um, but yeah, so we use a, a team collaboration tool called Basecamp and everyone that is a part of our company is on Basecamp. Um, and then, you know, you can create folders and stuff. So you can have conversations between just me and Brad or you can have conversations with everyone who's doing marketing or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yes, so it needs to be written. And that's, he's really, really big on everything should be, and it needs to be in writing. Cause of course, you know, we've got so much stuff going on. You can't remember everything. So, so documenting everything is really, really critical. And what I like about Basecamp and other tools like that is that you can go search for stuff like, oh my gosh, I remember we were talking about the meeting on January 15th, but it's not in the January 15th thread. So right, let me right. go search for it. I'll, oh, there it is. So right. it's it's that synchronous, asynchronous, that real time and that offline ability to communicate. So you don't always have to be in a meeting. And and it's, gosh, do not rely on email. I mean, emails can be so messy trying to find, you know, this yeah. conversation or that conversation. And you can get like, you know, this whole like 30 email thread that just is a nightmare to figure out. So yeah, it's, you definitely need some sort of uh, team collaboration tool. <laughs> cool. What's your, what's the second thing you come up with in terms of everybody needs to know or do or think or whatever? Um, you know, I think being able to set goals is important. Um, you know, as a leader, you've got to be able to set goals. I mean, that's where the strategy comes from, right? That's where you you have to have your goals first, right? What is it that you want to accomplish? And then the strategy falls from that. Um, you know, the strategy is your plan. How are you going to execute, right? So, so the goal, um, being able to set goals and being able to set goals that are you might've heard smart, right? Specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound, right? Mm -hmm. And set, setting those goals first, that is gonna, um, that's gonna help you, you know, be actually, you're gonna be able to measure, right? Um, whether or not you're successful or not from those goals. So I think someone that's being able, is someone that's able to set goals is really critical. Problem solver mm. is very critical. <laughs> Problems are arising every single day. Um, so, you know, you've got to be able to really kind of even take a step back sometimes, like even in our situation and um, sort of kind of take yourself out of the picture for a little bit 
and really figure out, hey, is this, you know, is this realistic? Is this the direction that we want to go? Um, and so, so yeah, so being a problem solver is very, very, um, very, very critical. Um, also, you know, a team player, hmm. um, you can't do everything yourself. You have to be able to, you know, work alongside with other folks. Um, and then, you know, hopefully their skill sets in the case of Brad and I, you know, their skill sets will complement your skill sets. You know, uh, Brad, like I said, he's definitely like, I mean, I thought I was a com communicator. He's like tenfold. <laughs> <laughs> most, most product players are all about, you know, detail and getting, making sure that when I say this word, it means only this thing. So yeah. that would make sense. I, I want to pull those things together because um, in, in the work that I do, the, I see patterns to this. So like one of the things you talk about goal setting, goal clarity from a human motivation point is a uh, uh, perspective is critical. If you can get people all shooting for the same goal, you'd be amazed at how well they'll just figure stuff out on their own. So you don't need all this other rigidity to get the goal accomplished if everybody has the same goal, but it's amazing how often people don't have the same goal. They have different definitions of the goal. They have competing goals. They have personal goals. Or they don't know. They don't even know it at all. So then they're making right. up, they're making up right. stuff. They're right. just literally going, right. uh, well, this makes sense to me. And then they're off in their own direction, which which then, then you get into the problem solving piece and the problems they're solving may actually be creating obstacles to achieve the goal, right? So exactly. they're, they're actually putting a solution in place that gets in the way of executing against the a goal that we originally had. And then you add in this team player thing and they're not communicating back to the communication piece. And it becomes this incredibly um, uh, dangerous snowball rolling down the hill, right? And it's, and then you've got to throw in communication because someone's <laughs> not communicating the goal or someone's not, you know. Yep. Is or measure or communicating, hey, here's the metric against the goal. This is where we are in status, you know, updates. And are we there? And is there anything we should be afraid of? Are there risks? Right, 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 are, right. People exactly. are hiding them because they go, oh, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. It's all, it's all there. <laughs> wow. So, no. so if you start thinking about how, um, other leaders, especially, and I, and I, I do want to target and call out the startup players, how you build this into your DNA early. Cause this is a tough thing. Cause when you're starting up and I've done my own startups, not tech, but my own companies, um, it, it there's so much you're juggling in your head. It's easy to let plates, you know, fall and slip out of your hand. You're like, oh God, there's another broken dish. And if there's a way for some folks out there listening, like, okay, I, I am exactly where you were a few years ago. What advice would you give them to make sure that they're people? Because everything we've talked about, we started with all the external stuff, but the reality is it's all the internal dynamics. It's the people stuff that gets in the way of our execution. So what advice would you have for those players? Yeah. You know, I'll be, I'll be frank with you. Um, mm. Startup life isn't for everyone. You mm. have to have a certain personality. I knew that I wanted to, I, I knew that from like, again, I'm old. So like in my twenties, I knew <laughs> I did you keep not saying that and I'm going either. You've got a really good filter on or what? Cause there's just no way. I'm not, no way. I, I knew in my twenties that I did not want to work for someone for the rest of my life. Mm. I knew that I'm a hard worker, right? Um, 
you know, I'll do anything. I'll, I will work my butt off. Um, but why should I do that for someone else? Like, why should I do that and make someone else wealthy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. I might as well do that for myself. So it's that sort of mindset. Like I'm willing to work my butt off and do whatever I need to do in order to accomplish my goals in order for me to know that, you know, it's that feeling of, Hey, I accomplished this or, Hey, um, I made it, you know? So it's that sort of mentality mm -hmm. that you have to have. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, 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 I knew that I wanted to um, be an entrepreneur early on. I did, I did not know what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, the fact that I'm in, that I'm in education technology was like, I just came to that conclusion like a few years ago as I was working in this field. Um, so I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew I had the mindset. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought it was going to be in the food food arena because um, of all the experience with wine and everything else. Yeah. Of, yeah. And, and, you know, working for CPG consumer packaged goods companies and food um, and managing, you know, multi-million dollar brands. I thought mm. that was, that was the direction, but anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really, really the mindset um, of, you know, perseverance, determination, um, willing to actually, you know, when I was trying to figure it out myself before even um, venturing out on my own, I was taking classes. You know, I was I was working full time, and then I was taking classes on the side to build up my skill sets because I knew again I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. So it's it's really um, kind of like just knowing yourself and what you want to do. Think strategically. What do you want to do? Um, long-term do you want to work for for a company um or do you want to do you want to you know do your own thing there's there's pros and cons to both right yeah yeah nothing is going to be like <laughs> rosy you know and just wonderful the whole time you're going to have challenges no matter what it's just a matter of what path you want to take and what are the deal breakers that's so I want to I want to unpack that because I, I don't want anybody to miss this. There's a level of commitment you have to have as an entrepreneur. I mean, um, I love the phrase, are you an entrepreneur or a wantrepreneur? There's a lot of people who want to be an entrepreneur, then there's actual entrepreneurs. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to make sure there's a level of, I mean, visceral in your gut commitment to do stuff. But there's also you've got to constantly be adjusting. You've got to be constantly making changes. And so there's a, a, a high degree of flexibility oh, yeah. you have to have, and Definitely. yet it's anchored against the outcome. What are we trying to do? And we are going to get there. And I don't how I don't know how we're going to get up this mountain because there's cliffs and there's waterfalls and there's you know deserts and everything else, but we're going to find out a way to get to the top. And so you have to do that. And then you have to surround yourself with people who are committed exactly. at least at your exactly. inner circle and then it goes out from there, right? Exactly. I mean, I know, you know, you see me a lot on LinkedIn and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm painting this like rosy picture of what's going on within the company. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of great moments that, mm -hmm. that we've, we've, um, we've had, but 
but there's a lot of a lot of downfall a lot of frustration a lot of challenges um you know times where we just didn't think we were going to make it you know um and so so it's just it's really really again having that within your team as as well as you know family like i've cut off a lot of people who are 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 negative around me um you know who don't believe or don't understand you know what yeah. i'm doing yeah um and why i'm doing it yeah and so it's it's sometimes you just have to cut those folks off and just say you know i don't I can't, I can't deal with this negative negativity in my life right now. So let me just keep pushing forward and staying focused. There's a very different mindset. And this could be a great place for us to wrap up between being a cog in the machine or being the fuel that drives it. Oh yeah. And that's what you're talking about is as a leader, we have the responsibility to not just be a cog in the machine. And yeah, there's times that we jump in and, you know, if we have to take out the garbage, we take out the garbage, you know, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah. We'll do whatever it takes, (laughs) but you're talking about how to be the fuel of the engine. Yeah. And that's, that is the, the purer the fuel, the hotter and better it burns. Exactly. Exactly. And it's exciting. It's exhilarating. It's, you know, it's, it's refreshing, you know, um, I, I I have to tell you, you know, these moments, like even when we're in the classroom, sometimes we go into the classroom, well, before the, well, actually, no, we, we did a session after the pandemic, but the kids that we're targeting, you know, underserved, underrepresented communities, when we go into the classroom and we're teaching them coding on our computers, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's such, it's so refreshing and hmm. so touching to see these kids that probably would have never even been exposed to coding to have this exposure and for them to like really like it and want more. It's That's like, beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's That's great. really cool. That's really cool. Lisa, our time's up. Thank you so much for uh, being on season one. Um, I appreciate this as a friend and I appreciate this as a colleague. Um, and I know there are people out there who appreciate just you sharing your story with the uh, transparency that you just did. Well, thank day. you so much. It was fun. I enjoyed Good. this. If I can help anyone, you know, just look me up. I'm- I so enjoyed that conversation, especially the very end where Lisa got into how to be the fuel of execution. I'm curious, what are your biggest takeaways and how are you going to use them? My three biggest takeaways are your team is critical for execution. External disruptions are constant. So how well we as humans respond to those disruptions is going to be the key to your execution. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Information needs to flow before the action is taken to avoid unnecessary disruptions. And let technology be your friend especially when it comes to making information quickly available so that people don't need to slow down the execution. Everyone on the team must have tenacity, flexibility, and commitment. This also means that you as the leader need positivity because your positivity is the fuel of execution. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with at least one person. And leave me a review on whatever platform you downloaded this podcast. Your feedback is invaluable to me. And Imoa, onward and upward. 